Hey guys, before we get this episode started, I first and foremost want to thank anyone who takes the time to listen to this episode. Um, really do appreciate it, whether you're uh, Sean Wedge, who only lives uh, 15 minutes down the road from me, or if you're Jonesy on the other side of the the pond listening from down under, or uh, the many listeners that I have in California. Uh, I know there's Russian listeners. I know there's uh, some listeners in the UK and uh, all over the world. And if you're taking time to listen to this, I appreciate you. So also shout out to James Dahlman as well as Kieran McCullough for uh, taking a listen to this podcast as well. Um, so um, obviously it's been a while. Uh, we're almost exactly two months since re- releasing our last podcast. And uh, it has been a struggle, guys, lately uh, for me. Uh, essentially, uh, from August 1st to about a week ago, I was working uh, basically seven days a week, and I don't want to make excuses for uh, why I haven't been able to put out content, but it's been more difficult than uh, I've been able to uh, handle, frankly, and um, we just didn't get it done, Uh, but that changes right now. Uh, You're listening to this podcast. It dropped at uh, 8 o'clock in the morning Eastern Standard Time. Uh, which is 7 o'clock Central, uh, which is the time zone I'm on, uh, which is uh, it's going to be Wednesday morning. Wednesday morning at 8 o'clock Central is when these podcasts are going to drop. Uh, I guess it'll be 6 o'clock Central. Uh, so uh, nice and early. Hopefully it's in your inbox or on your podcast app or on Spotify, wherever you happen to listen to this. And uh, we're looking forward to uh, this being a regular thing. Wednesday mornings, the podcast drops, interesting guests, we've got a bunch of things already lined up, including part two of the Doug Henry interview, and uh, I couldn't be more happy to uh, be bringing that to you guys. Uh, Shout out to Fox Racing Canada and Fox Racing uh, USA for uh, supporting the podcast. Uh, You can still save with... uh, Throttle timepieces, you can direct direct message them and they'll get you some special pricing. Same goes for WUSA. If you contact them and mention Big MX Radio, they will get you preferred pricing on a brand new set of wheels. Um, So please go ahead and do that. That'd be awesome. Uh, And uh, I love when John Anderson uh, from W reaches out to me and says, hey, I got some people that uh, we're, we're looking into some wheels. So um, enjoy this podcast. Jeff Crutcher is a guy who has a lot of things to say. He's extremely knowledgeable and he's got a great well of knowledge, uh, on a lot of different things, not just motocross. So, uh, enjoy this. And as always, thanks for listening. Welcome to the Big MX radio podcast. Over a month since we released the last episode with Danica White, as well as Ryder McNabb. The, diff, the, the similarity between those guys and the guests today is they all wear Fox Racing apparel. Fox Racing Canada is on board with us tonight, as well as Fox Racing USA, Austin Hoover and all the gang, uh, smiling ear to ear every time I mention that amazing brand, that iconic brand that also sits on the shoulders of this man, Jeffrey Crutcher. Jeff, how's it going? Hey, doing A+. plus. Uh, yeah, I like the intro with the Fox. Yeah, absolutely. Hot. Uh, really excited to be fox head to toe athlete it's um you know it's an honor and a privilege and and get you know to get to call them uh home for so many years as i have and to uh you know to be blessed with that with that iconic fox head you know v3 rs helmet view uh view goggle and then we're wearing uh three 360 and airline both i believe for a pant and pant jersey glove and then of course the uh instinct boot being you know easily one of the greatest boots ever invented in motocross there you go literally head to toe um and uh with a, a renamed team essentially uh um like a, a new packaging for a for a, a previous product that you had uh, sort of created a racing team uh, competing in uh, some outdoor nationals as well as um, the arena cross series is I imagine you'll probably spend time with both but it's focusing mostly on uh, on the Hoosier arena cross series um, so with that I let you take the floor because you're awfully good at that tell me a little bit about how this season is taking shape for you and uh, how you constructed the team Fantastic. You know, the, the, the operation, as you hinted, did uh, a repackaging. That's a good way to put it. So last season, uh, I started an arena cross team, and that was, uh, we titled it ATC Flipside. ATC was around the clock, 
which is a uh, chain of gyms around uh, Memphis, Tennessee, metropolitan area. And Flipside is a dual chamber uh, beverage container and uh, snack or parts, pieces, et cetera, uh, on the flip side of it. So that's a, they were very instrumental in helping me launch my aspiration to um, completely shift the paradigm on what it means to be a team. And both ATC and Flipside helped me with that. And uh, we competed in the Hoosier Tire Arena Cross Outlaws last season. And uh, I ended up the season in fifth place overall in the championship points, which was, you know, absolutely amazing. That was, uh, that was very unexpected for me to be the guy that was in fifth place. Cause I, I hired another rider, Brandon Yates and, and uh, Brandon had some bad luck, extremely talented, very fast individual, had some bad luck with uh, preseason and then ended up tearing his ACL in the middle of the deal and, and was sidelined for the rest of the season, I had to uh, pick up the slack and, you know, be the lone man carrying the flag. Last season, uh, between the promotion team, um, the other uh, the other riders, the uh, television, we'll call it television package on on Mav TV and Flow Racing, plus uh, you know the the legwork that I did, we really. Um, we really upped the ante for the weight of the product itself and have continuously rowed the boat throughout the year, building, building this thing. And now who's your tire arena cross outlaws presented by Geico is uh, going to air post-production on Fox sports one um, starting the first Sunday of January, which actually I take that back. It is not on. It's not on the ninth. The, uh, it's somewhat, I, you know, I don't know. I talked to Jay earlier today and there's kind of some rescheduling going around with the television package, but I believe the goal is for it to air every Sunday at 11 AM, uh, central time, starting the first week of um, uh, January going through uh, January, February, and March. Okay, so, so people will be able to enjoy Supercross on the Saturday night, and then uh, re-rack some arena cross on Sunday Sundays as well. Correct. Yes, and we w- with the uh, television package that Jay and Motorhead Events has built um, with the uh, producer, the production team. Uh, we are lucky to get to have the races commentated and called by the uh, trio of Ralph Shaheen, Jeff Emig, and Kristen Beat. Not every race uh, night is being aired on television, but I think it's, I think there's 10 nights that are being aired on television. So we have five weekends. And as you know, Arena Cross is Friday, Saturday night. So we've got five Fridays, five Saturdays that will be aired. And the, um, so the season is, or excuse me, the, the, the um, series has grown exponentially, both in rider turnout, um, sponsorship participation, uh, pro, you know, the, the pro racing level has, has stepped up massively, you know, from last year. And, and I mean, quadruple what it was the year before that. I'm not going to sit here and take credit, you know, and say, oh, well, you know, I started my team and we went racing. And because of that, it's, you know, now we are where we are. There's a lot of hard work put in by a lot of individuals. Um, you know, I came, I saw an opportunity. I tapped into, um, tapped into a growing product at an early time. And, you know, I saw, I saw the, not the writing on the wall, but I saw the, you know, the, the vision of what the, the, uh, product was going to be within five years. And I knew that if I was going to, uh, if I was going to make my next move in, in, you know, motorsports, this is how I had to do it. So started the team last season. So we covered that. And then going into this season, um, cycle zone, um, stepped up massively. So ATC, um, You know, they wanted to return as a partner, um, but unfortunately, they were not able to invest the uh, capital that they wished to because they just built a new um, flagship franchise or or a flagship location uh, in Germantown, I believe it is. 
the place is absolutely massive. That took up all of their budget from what it was that they wanted to do with us. So, you know, understandably so. Flip side, um, you know, I mean, it was um, it was an experimental campaign for for Ben and Michelle to launch, uh, you know, a racing operation. Or, or, or being partnered with a racing operation. And, and I mean, they, uh, they came in, they contributed cash and, um, in return, uh, nailed down a really badass um, vendor contract with, uh, with one of the other team suppliers. And, uh, they sold a bunch of bottles to, um, to Maxima as uh, Christmas gifts for all of the Maxima employees and, um, and vendors and, you know, VIPs, uh, to the company. So Flipside came in, invested their money, saw it triple just in one sale to one of the other team partners. And then, um, you know, I mean, it's, it would be really hard for them to, for that investment to happen again this year. I'm not, I'm not saying that they got lucky. It's just that they came in they made themselves available for an opportunity, and then we uh, negotiated a deal between between Flipside and Maxima, and and you know they saw triple their return. You know, and that's the goal. You know, I mean, behind the scenes in, in any racing enterprise, Brad, this doesn't matter whether we're talking about local dirt uh, car track racing, you know, Friday night track champion type stuff, or whether we're talking about formula one or, you know, anywhere in between, regardless motorsports is, um, is much like all sports. It's an opportunity to network, you know, for B to B. Um, and, and we're able to execute that behind the scenes. Um, and, and then we go racing on the weekends and we create content and, and have, you know, just a gay old time racing our dirt bikes, but the legwork happening between our partners is really I mean, first and foremost, that's my number one goal is to ensure uh, partner and sponsor satisfaction. So I mentioned CycleZone. Um, CycleZone is the uh, premier KTM franchise dealership in the uh, in the middle of the country. They also sell Yamaha uh, BRP, which I know you're a big uh, you know and anything Canadian you're a fan of. 100%. So we've got the Bombardier product here with Cdu and uh, and then the uh, three wheelers. What are those called? Rikers and Strikers, and uh, no snowmobiles down here. We got the snowmobiles with wheels on them, those Rikers, but no uh, no snowmobiles. And uh, you know Can Am also uh, with the uh, side by sides. They also sell uh, Tracker boats and uh tracker makes quads and like kawasaki mules they make uh utv like that right uh, really like farm farm equipment etc um they also have bad boy mowers which are commercial grade uh, mowers that rival i mean i mean from and i was in the mowing business for for a minute and uh i can tell you right now that's the greatest commercial mower that i've ever seen i mean these things are so over engineered and overbuilt CycleZone um, saw the growth that, uh, or the progress that we made with the team last year in the arena cross season, plus then converting over to, um, you know, the rebranding or the uh, new, new packaging, as you phrase it, as uh, Rip and Rut CycleZone KTM. So I got to the point while we're on that on that topic, I got to the point to where I realized I can't rebrand this thing every time we have a new title sponsor. Obviously, um, you know, think of, uh, let's say, Andretti. So Andretti's got a handful of drivers and a handful of cars or, or even, let's say, uh, Chip Ganassi. Sure. There's one, lo- there's one location for Chip Ganassi racing. Now, obviously, he has um, a Carvana car. He's got the um, – I'm totally choking on some of his other drivers. But in Indy alone, he's got, what, four or five cars out there on, on the course at one time. Right. But it's all under the, the guise of Chip Ganassi Racing. I realized I need to obviously this whole thing is built around CycleZone. As a dealership, they are, you know, the monolith, the keystone, the rock, you know, our anchor point for this whole thing. They are as instrumental in this, uh, I mean more instrumental than me myself as as a team manager. Um, excuse me, team principal. That's I keep that's my word and I'm sticking to it. I just, I sometimes I just I forget it and say, yeah, <laughs> yeah, never even happened. Um, so 
with with ribbon rods being my brand, um, you know, obviously, uh, I, I kind of want to give give a little bit of props to my sticker business uh, where I can. Obviously, rip, everybody knows that ribbon rods is me, but uh, yeah, we repackage the team of RCZ KTM on the sponsor sheet. It's just Cycles Own KTM. Um, this year, we um, I negotiated a uh, a smoking hot deal on on motorcycles with with cycle zone and now i have in my possession three 22 ktm 250 sxfs and we have uh you know just thrown thrown the book at them with everything that we could from brp triple clamps pro taper handlebars um we're using renegade sx4 race fuels uh race tech with the gold valve tuned by jh2 that's justin Haas out of uh, out of Illinois, you know, and then we're, obviously we're using uh, Pro X chains, sprockets, um, Dunlop tires, Pro X rotors, brake pads, uh, air filters, and um, you know the list goes on and on. I, I know that I'm not just going to sit here and go on about all of our sponsors, but we do have a great list of aftermarket companies that have, you know, come on and, and joined us. And then obviously we talked about Fox Racing, been with them for a long time, and EVS also. Um, the, the team during the summer, this, this is, you know, worth mentioning because you, you brought up the outdoor nationals, the team during the summer is me by myself as the sole writer and principal. Um, and principal. That's correct. Now, however, how can it be a team with one writer? You know, well, we've got a lot of, uh, we've got a lot of partners and vested interests in the team that are cooperating together to both grow and share the, uh, you know, the, the fruits of the labor and, and see this thing come to fruition full scale where it is that we want to. And I mentioned at the very beginning that I wished to, um, you know, change the paradigm of what a team is and, um, you know, shout out to everybody that came on board and and sees that vision and understands, you know, as as our digital landscape just continues to get larger and larger implicitly, they see that win on Sunday, sell on Monday is a thing of the past. Now that's not saying that we cannot benefit off of content or excuse me, a competition performance, because obviously we are. If we weren't I would not have purchased SX4 fuel from, from Renegade. I would not have purchased GET um, uh, CDIs. I would not have taken the motorcycles to 405 mods in Oklahoma City to have them t- uh, dynoed and tuned. Competition is a big part of our, um, of our image because we race KTMs. KTM is the racing brand of motorcycle manufacturers. We're very proud of our partnership with KTM and being able to ride um, in, in my opinion, the number one motorcycle that, a, that an individual can purchase. Um, and it's, it's, uh, it's all factored in. So yes, we, we are, um, going after, going after podium and, and championship performances. And I, and in order for me to do that during the winter months, I hire on, uh, two riders next year, it will be three, but this year I wanted to, uh, send myself off on a farewell tour of, of professional racing, um, indoors. I it's the, uh, the light is at the end of the tunnel. The expiration date is coming. I'm 33 years old. I don't have much more of this, of this indoor racing thing left in me. It's the exact opposite of what I'm good at on the motorcycle. So this whole thing is like, if I go out and get eighth place in a main event, dude, that's like, it's as it to me that's as good as winning uh main event at monster energy supercross it's it is such an accomplishment for me and my skill set to go out and get that kind of performance that uh you know i pat myself on the back anytime that i i I qualify for a main event i mean it's a huge deal for me um I hired Dylan Cloyd, uh, who has made quite the name for himself, race and arena cross, both uh, regionally and nationally, formerly of uh, Tough Honda. He spent two and a half seasons with uh, Tough Honda and then um, had a privateer operation. But, you know, Dylan being the uh, affluent and uh, well-mannered and an all-around good dude that he is and, and being a serious competitor, he uh, – 
he negotiated a really cool deal with Jack Links, the uh, meat snack company, and he had Jack Links Yamaha and was going to Supercross races. That's awesome. Uh, My current yeah, sales manager at the Winnipeg Jets used to work for Jack Links here in Canada. Oh, nice. Very good. Very good. <clears throat> so, um, yeah, Dylan Dylan understands big picture, uh, both, both on uh, race performance and content creation side. Dylan has no desire to become famous. He's 100% motorcycle driven. Um, he's, he, he, he has no ego. He's literally the greatest dude in the world. I mean, he's such a, a quality individual, very, very well mannered, reserved, quiet, professional, everything you want out of a fast motorcycle racer. Dylan, um, yeah, last, our last weekend of racing in DeCoin, Illinois, which is just outside of St. Louis. Dylan got uh, a team best fourth uh, fourth place in the 250 main event on Friday on round three. Last season, my best was a fifth, and that was at the uh, first round of the season uh, in Claremore, where we're going this weekend. Dylan, uh, yeah, so Dylan's got the you know the highest notch on the belt for a fourth place, and he, I mean, he's knocking on. Um, He's knocking on a podium performance. He's going to get us there, and obviously, we'll be popping champagne bottles whenever he uh, whenever he does make it up onto the podium. Um, and then we also have Drake Bailey, who is an extremely talented young man out of Shawnee Town, Illinois, which is just an iota north of the Kentucky uh, border. Drake is. Um, Drake is a lot of raw talent that uh, is, is being developed every time he's out on the motorcycle. Um, watching this kid do stuff on, on the bike the way that he does at his height, he's, uh, you know, like 6'3", six, 6'4", six, something like that, which is also, by the way, Dylan's also like 6'2", six, 6'3", six, something like that, and then you have me at 5'11". I was going to say, you're, you're not a short guy, and you look uh, miniature compared to these guys. That's exactly right. Yeah. And so, so I have two really tall dudes and, and, and very, very different riding styles. Um, Dylan is very uh, forward on the motorcycle. Um, honestly, I, this is a reference that nobody's going to get, but he rides a lot like Richie Owens, very, very like yes. upright, tuck, tucked over the front on of the, the bike. Very, on the, the WBR Honda. Or Suzuki. WBR Suzuki, yeah, yes. yeah, is what I'm thinking. I'm thinking of Suzuki era Reggio. Yeah, when his teammate was um, was Ryan Sipes. Correct. Yes. Well, look at us being old. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so Dylan rides very similar to the way that Richie did. Very front wheel precise, always you know smooth, knife like. Dylan, on the other hand, uh, or excuse me, Drake, on the other hand, complete and total opposite. He is um, off of the back of the bike, looks very lanky when he rides, and that's not a disservice you know, against his riding style. That's just a matter of fact. He makes, um, he makes quite a few mistakes, but it's because he's going so goddamn fast that you know, th those kind of mistakes are going to happen whenever we're talking about a young man that has been racing uh, the professional, on a professional level for a couple months. He's honing in his craft, and when I signed Drake, I knew that it was going to be more of a development uh, as opposed to just tapping directly into podium performance. Um, Drake is extremely uh, social media savvy. He gets big picture that you have to be, um, you have to be popular. Um, in order for someone of his age to succeed at this sport, and he's understanding uh, the, the magnitude of that situation. So I have two vastly different riders and then myself nestled in there somewhere, uh, in that, you know, spectrum. And the three of us have, uh, you know, put in some good results. Um, I've won a couple LCQs. Dylan's won a couple LCQs. I think Drake might've won one. Um, you know, we're, uh, we're knocking on the door of a, of a podium finish in a main event. It's, it's all coming together slowly but surely, and that is fine with me because this team, Brad Gebhardt, this team is not a flash in the pan. We're not going to be a, um, 
we're not going to be a, a you know a no disservice against this team, but the the Yamaha team that Andrew Short was supposed to ride for that never even saw the first race. You guys are not uh, Jeff Ward racing. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> so it's no, huh? And 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 I I refuse to to build relationships that will segue us down that rabbit hole. I, I, I'm not taking a quick buck here or a fast dollar there. I'm thinking big picture five, you know, five plus years at a time. So that, you know, obviously lends the question to, well, what is the next step after Hoosier uh, this year? Um, or, or let me rephrase for 2022. Uh, obviously I, I will trim back down to being by myself and I'll have my, uh, my KTM 250 and my KTM 350. And uh, it will be a summer of content creation. Um, right before we jumped, uh, or pushed the, the red button on your computer, we talked about Instagram reels bonus play. And I, th- there, I think there's a lot of people that have no idea that this is going on. So it's, it's worth talking about. Um, Instagram is paying me directly to create content, uh, on their platform and they're doing it through a, what's called the reels bonus play program. So right now, uh, or well, during the last pay period of uh, November, I was getting paid, are you ready for this, 0.0042 cents per play. So that's four one-thousandths of a penny per play. Yeah. Now, obviously, whenever you're bulking, you know, in, uh, in the last 30 days, I believe I had 612,000 plays. That translate over to, um, you know, a, a pretty, yeah, it's a pretty substantial amount of cash, um, you know, and then, and then now my pay-per-view rate, because I did such a good job of creating and consistently posting, um, my pay rate has gone up for, for this month. That's awesome. I'll be on I'll be honest though, Brad, every, <clears throat> every time I log into Instagram and I look at my creator, uh, dashboard and I see that number on there. I have imposter syndrome. I think this has to be fake. Like it can't be real. They're going to figure out that I'm just some 33 year old dude from, from Kansas that just rides my dirt bike. Like they're, they're going to cancel this. I can't bet on this. You know, it's just, it just seems like it's too good of a, a deal to be true. Yeah. No kidding. And like, dude, can you imagine what it's like for these kids on on youtube that become millionaires like it th- just the wave of like becoming one of those uh you know content creators that just makes it, it, you know an exorbitant amount of cash because they're opening cell phones or you know doing tiktok dances or yeah know, whatever. they've never actually That's, applied for a job but they're a millionaire <laughs> like, and what? self-made too I mean, that's like, there's these, uh, I believe there's these, these two sisters. I'll never remember their first names. The D'Amelio twins or whatever. Yeah. Or sisters. Yeah. D'Amelio. Charlie yeah. D'Amelio. They, I don't yeah. think, I don't think they had any money before they started their, before they started their whole TikTok thing. And now this girl is the number one creator on TikTok. Yeah. No, it's, it's legit. And, and Instagram wants that screen time. The whole, the reason why TikTok is called TikTok is because you lose track of time while you're on the app. Um, and, and it'll soon become the thing that you watch the most or have the most amount of screen time on. Uh, Instagram wants those eyeballs back, and, and that's why they're incentivizing right. people to make that content. And so because of that, you know, as I continue down this path uh, of, of being a content creator, um, which, by the way, the most above all, um, there, you know, the rule of thumb is consistency over quality. Yeah, you gotta have you got to have good stuff. But the most the most important kind of content is um, consistent content. So with the team, what will happen is during the summer, I'll trim down to just myself, uh, my 250, my 350, my 252 stroke. Yes. And, um, you know, we'll, I'll just go go to the cool tracks, go ride at cool places, ride with my friends, get the GoPro footage, do the follow cams, ride with my buds and get paid to do it. It's, I mean, it's just like, this doesn't make sense. This is so, you know, like, what did I do to deserve this? And, but I mean, it it really, I've put in a lot of legwork and committed to this thing several years out. This isn't like something where I just, you know, 
woke up trotting home from third base. It's um, 20, coming up on 27, 28 years of racing motorcycles, doing it professionally, locally, grassroots, you know, on television, doing the social media aspect of it, you know, you know, essentially having, you know, a double PhD in, in motocross has got me to where I am now. And it's like, I do get, you know, I do, I'll get people that are negative and, and want to try cutting me down because it looks easy is the thing. It looks easy because I just slap my GoPro on the side of my helmet, push record, go out and ride my laps and yeehaw, I'm getting paid. If only, if only, (laughs) if only. Yeah, if only it was that easy. But what they don't see is, okay, so I'm in my office right now, and I'm looking at my at-a-glance calendar, which that's the, you know, three-foot-wide calendar that, you know, it's my content calendar. I have, let's see, one, two, three, four, five. I'm not going to count every single thing here, but I'm going to say about 14 different directives going at one time. That includes all deliverables across all mediums. Um, so it's essentially, I'm managing 14 different content, um, strategies at one time. If only, (laughs) if only it was just as easy as slapping the GoPro on all would be well, but unfortunately for me, uh, it's not, but also fortunately for me, that's the, the upside of it is that it, it, you know, there's a, there is a, uh, barrier to entry and it prevents a lot of people from getting into it because they don't have the commitment to, to, you know, do something like this. And like, you know, like you started the show talking about how you haven't, uh, you know, recorded in like a month, I believe is what you said. And it's, uh, I could hear the disappointment in your voice because you're like, you know, I know that you want to be creating content and there's a million and one great people that you can be out there talking to. Unfortunately, life gets in the way and it's like, you have this vision of what you want and what you, you know, the, the level of commitment that you know, you need to be creating. And it's tough, dude. I mean, you've been doing this for how many years? Eight. And sometimes. Yeah. Eight eight years, years. baby. 828 podcasts. This will be. And, and not to interrupt you, but this, this is literally, this is the, the moment that um, I'm creating a schedule. Big MX Radio listeners are, are going to start to get used to every single Wednesday at 8 o'clock in the morning, a brand new podcast we're gonna, uh, is going to show up. That's my, that's my commitment for one complete year is every sing, at least one episode, Wednesday mornings at 8 a.m. all the way through the year. And then we move forward from there. That's awesome. Yeah, dude. I mean, congratulations on making that commitment. And I mean, it's, it's, it's tough to do that, you know, and, and, uh, putting, you know, putting yourself out there also, it's, uh, you know how it is. There are people out there that don't know you that see you do it, you make it look easy. And so they, you know, have, have trash to talk on you. I mean, I have a handful of, of people that like to, uh, you know, take cheap shots at me and, um, Sometimes, sometimes it's not that it hurts. It's that it's just like, come on guys, like this, this makes motocross look bad. Like you were doing, don't pull me out of it. Like just the things that you were saying makes our sport look so rinky dink. And so, you know, like just redneck knuckle dragger, you know, mouth breathing mongoloids. But then I also like, then I'll log on to the Kansas city chiefs Instagram and look at the shit that people are saying on there. And I'm like, you know what? <laughs> we're, we're fine. Like this is okay. Oh, and, don't even get me started. Now working for an NHL franchise, the, the, the keyboard warriors are real when it comes to that. So they call for people's jobs when they let in a goal. Um, yes, the Winnipeg Jets so lost one, nothing yesterday and their fans were calling for the coach's job, uh, which I think is if you can lose by one and lose your job, then that nothing is safe and holy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so people can can light me up as much as they'd like on social media. Um, I, I like nothing compares to stick and ball sports and how mean those fans can be. And my thing, dude, is like I have I have figured out how to turn it into fuel. Well, first off, like most of the time I don't acknowledge these people. And then if I do, I just say, Hey, listen, you know what? You took the time out of your day 
to formulate an opinion about me and the way that I'm conducting my life while you, you know, you're busy doing your shit and you took time out of your day to think about me, regardless of what you think. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time to think about me, to put your eyeballs on me, to put your thumbs against your phone and formulate uh, creatively, you know, something to say about me or my team or why we're undeserving or how we are this or that or whatever. It's it, it, like, you know, again, thank you for being um, what I call our number one fans in disguise. Secondly, thank you for giving me fuel whenever I go to the gym. Like, piss me off. Do it. Fucking throw the biggest cheat shot that you can at me, my riders, my partners. Anything you can do is, uh, I mean, it's like, you know, people think that they're pouring water on, uh, you know, on my flame, but uh, my flame is a, is, a, uh, is a grease fire. The more water you throw on, the bigger it gets. And so, um, you know, whenever I go to the gym and I'm with uh, Tyler at uh, Evolution Athletics and I, I show up and I'm all fucking hunkered over and pissed off and ready to, you know, just smash it out. That's because some 16 year old kid that likes a rider that doesn't like me, um, you know, decided to uh, talk shit on me on on the Internet. And I go in and what do I do? I make myself a better athlete because of it. So, again, Thank you to those individuals. Oh, yeah. I tell you who 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 gave me a lot of um, uh, gave me a lot of insight. And this is whenever uh, last year I went to or this year whenever I went to uh, Paula and Hangtown, I stayed at Cameron McAdoo's for a couple of days because he's a Midwest homie. Right. And obviously we talked about the Daytona incident, the crash the, you know, the hitting his head and, and, and then being good to race and, you know, all the whole, the whole thing. And then the, the fallout and then, you know, the red flag and just the things that people were saying to him. And he's like, dude, it's so unfair. But at the same time, if those people only knew how much money I you know had on the line, how much, um, you know, I get paid to do this, I'm going to fucking show up to my job and I'm going to work. Nothing and no one is going to stop me from doing it because he values and appreciates every single time he gets to pull those fucking fox pants over his gear, over over his knee braces and put those instinct boots on. That kid has a bigger heart probably than anybody else in the paddock, and I respect him so much for it. And, and regardless of of the people that are out there that hate him for it because they know that he's a bad motherfucker. <clears throat> I talked to Cameron about what do I do about these kids? You know, how do I, how do I turn this into something positive? And he gave me a handful of, of, of tips and best practices on how to deal with haters. He's like, dude, it's, it's, they're your number one fans, whether they know it or you know it, it doesn't matter. They, they want to get your attention more than anybody else. And the easiest way to do that is with negativity. So take it as a compliment. So anyway, circling back to um, the team content creation summer 2022, and I'm going to do all the fun stuff. I'm going to have all the fun going to go around my dirt bikes with my friends. And then obviously we will um, reformat back for Hoosier Tire Arena Cross Outlaws presented by Guy Cow. <clears throat> excuse me, Geico. And then we will uh, hopefully be dialed in and set ready for Supercross East, Monster Energy Supercross East, uh, 250 region. Um, so I'm going to, it's my goal to have uh, three guys in Arena Cross and then um, two guys in, in the 250 class and one rider uh, doing Supercross Futures. So, you know, I'm, um, I, I have a big picture, you know, and then obviously growing from there, I can tell you that outdoor nationals and that shit is not included in my five-year plan just because it costs so much money on the return on investment. Unless we get sponsored by an alcohol company like Twisted Tea or someone that can thrive in a party-like environment that the outdoor nationals are, you know, the summer vibe right. um, th that the outdoor nationals exhibit. I'm not going to pursue that unless someone approaches us, you know, which, I, you know, if I'm not putting it out there, it's not going to come in. <clears throat> I'm more focused on 
television content creation, indoor racing, inside convenience. I want, I want our fans to be able to come in and be treated to a good show and, and have the thing done and over with within four hours and, you know, be on their merry way. And, uh, you know, it's it, outdoor nationals. It's just so the amount of resources required to do it. It's, it's heavy duty, you know? So as, as CycleZone, their dealership, as the dealership continues to grow and our partnership does, and, you know, hopefully we'll be able to rival, um, you know, the, the, um, the fortitude and stature of, let's say, Chaparral or MSI, AEO, Sun, Bob Cycle, um, you know, et cetera, down the line of, of these, you know, major major power sports dealers littered across the nation. Our goal is to put uh, cycle zone on that map and then make them the leader uh, in that category of, of major players. So, you know, again, we've got, we've got a big, um, we've got a big bite that we're chewing slowly, um, you know, and, and the end goal is much larger than simply racing arena cross, but you know, taking a page out of the way that Phoenix Honda is doing things and they see the value in um, going and racing arena cross and then supercross also. And, you know, I, I will do things significantly different uh, on, you know, f- from like the infrastructure side, but right now that model is an extremely tra- attractive one that I wish to uh, wish to duplicate or replicate and, 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 you know, hats off to them, hats off to the Phoenix Honda team for creating, you know, a, a hybrid team that sees the value in doing both arena cross and supercross and, and understands how important that grassroots market is, um, you know, of arena cross and, and, and the amount of attention that an individual can get by doing well in the, in that series. And, and I'm tapping into that also. I, I see that. I see the value. I'm, I'm happy to be committed to racing the Hoosier Tire Arena Cross Outlaws presented by Geico. And, uh, you know, Jay, who who runs the series, has done a really great job of assembling a, a great list of uh, venues and host cities. And, and we've got a good thing going, and it's going to continue growing, uh, both them and us together. Uh, symbiotically, we're going to row the boat together. And then eventually, you know, we'll, we'll get to Supercross next year. But... Um, but for now, it's it's just arena cross and then having fun during the summer. That's awesome. That's a great plan. Having fun, being definitely being a part of that. Um, what uh, what is the, the the best part about race weekends for you when it comes to this team? Obviously, seeing your your team execute, uh, and you mentioned race results, although great, uh, not ne- not necessarily spelling success for you guys. Um, but where's that like sort of aha satisfaction moment for you as far as being able to uh, um, just enjoying the weekend, regardless of of uh, where you're at when the checkered flag flies. You know, it's, it's so, I wear so many hats that it's, it's, it's kind of difficult to pinpoint one thing. I can tell you one of my favorite things is whenever I show up to the arena on Thursday morning, cause I, I like being one of the first you know people there. If anybody that gets into the building, um, obviously Tracy Freeman and, and the track crew are there building, building the track by the time that I get in, I like seeing that process. That's a lot of fun for me to get to see them, you know, paint their dirt art, uh, you know, on the, on the canvas of that 285 by 95 floor that we typically have. Um, but getting in, selecting the pit spot, building the pit, having everything dialed in, primmed, polished, prepped, you know, everything is, uh, is just perfect and ready to go. And that pre-race ambiance the night before is, uh, it's just, it's a fun place to get in there and, and, you know, kind of nest and build that thing out and, and, and get to, you know, see the logos on the bikes, which I know that's such a small part of it, but to see the logos on the bikes and think of all the individuals that have helped me get to this point and just being, you know, taking the time to, you know, just be appreciative of it and look around at our, at the pit and, you know, seeing the, 
you know, the SP tools toolbox that I've got, the Sumo Series 34-inch, um, you know, trade cabinet on the bottom, and then the, and then the uh, multi-drawer top, which is amazing. Dude, this toolbox that we've got from SP, it's it's the it's the nicest toolbox I've ever seen. It's so over-engineered and overbuilt. Dude, the casters look like something off of a um, off of the railroad. Like they're it's mm-hmm. so heavy duty. And then we've got, you know, it's power strips inside of the box. There's a LED light bar, uh, power strips on the outside of the box. I mean, it's, it's an extremely technologically advanced box. I'm a huge fan of it. Um, and then obviously, our, you know, the motorcycle sitting on those UFO stands, dude. I mean, it's just getting to see the whole thing right there together. That pre, like I said, pre-race ambiance is, is amazing. And then, um, Seeing, um, watching the guys put their gear on, you know, not creepily, but watching the guys put their gear on that Fox has helped us, you know, facilitate and, and, you know, the EVS knee braces and all the little accoutrements and all the little things and all the little details that go into this thinking of all the time, um, negotiating and finding, you know, happy mediums between our needs and the needs of our partners and, and being able to, uh, you know, deliver on those promises. And then, you know, firing the bikes up the first time. It's so much fun. Then going out for time. I love, I used to hate time qualifying. Now I love it. I, you know, it's, it's an exciting part for me uh, because I get to go out and I get to ride the track and it not be, you know, stressful race situation of, uh, you know, being in qualifying position or, you know, the I, I hate arena cross starts, dude. I mean, it's, I, I got to have a good attitude about it, but like in the back of my mind, I know that it's just like, I don't want to be up here. <laughs> um, and that's, again, like I said, you know, the, the expiration date on my indoor racing career is uh, the first of March next year. And it's just knowing that it's there. I'm having like senioritis, like it is in high school. You just get to the point where you're like, Ugh. but I made my bed and I'm proudly laying in it. Um, so the, the on-track activity for me as a racer is the worst part of the night. And, and, and I have a job to do, and I have a job to get that motorcycle into the main. And sometimes you have to do stuff that I have to do stuff that I'm not comfortable with, you know, uh, but uh, I've committed to doing it. So I'm going to do it. Um, and that includes, you know, rough racing and, uh, you know, doing jumps and, and shit like that dude i wish the track was just all whoop sections left-handers and whoop sections that's all i wish that it was because i'm great in the whoops i'll do 5,000 10 foot tall whoops in a row and be perfectly fine but it's the triple triple double type stuff that you know is i it just i'm not good at it you know and then and then racing other guys it's uh it's it's gnarly you know and and uh and to coin i mean for a transfer position in the lcq i I had a major collision with a good friend of mine, John Barry. And, um, you know, I, I, um, I hit him really, really, really hard. It was two things happened at one time. Uh, he left the door open and I came in with a lot of speed in a, in a very large left-hander after the whoops, it was kind of a sweeping corner. We had a really big floor in Decorn and, uh, John went up high into the main line to triple into the rhythm. And uh, I set it up to the inside to fade out and block them. Now, uh, I'll be honest. I came in very hot, but John also came. He, he knew that I was there. So he pivoted down uh, from the corner to try to uh, clear me. And just, I mean, we both were in the same place at the same time. And I absolutely nailed him, dude. And I, I mean, it bruised my right arm so bad from the underside of his handlebars. And he crashed. He had a wicked crash. And I came, you know, I did the rhythm section, turned right, tripled in, and I see John's laying down on the track on the backside of the berm. And like immediately, Brad, my first inc- you know, my first thought was, what the fuck did I just do? Why did I do that? That's my friend. This doesn't matter. My results don't matter. That was stupid. I like, I don't, I didn't even want to finish the race. I felt guilty, you know, that I crashed John for this mm-hmm. position, you know, but it's, it, it, and like, I'm, I'm in this gray area, right. Where I have a job to do on the motorcycle that I don't want to do anymore, but I'm being, I'm paying myself to do it. Therefore I have to go out and do it. You know, and I'm the deal with all of our partners, three motorcycles on, you know, three motorcycles on the track. So I got to put that third motorcycle out there and I'm not going to go out and phone it in. I'm going to race. I know, I know how to race. I know, you know, how to, how to navigate those tracks. 
and I know it has to be done, but it's shit like that where it's just like, I can't wait for March 1st. You know, it's just like, I want to get this thing over with, dude. Um, but you know, and then, and then equally satisfying is whenever I get to, uh, you know, whenever I get to post our results, you know, and, and, and gloat about, about Dylan and, and Drake and myself, if I'm in there, you know, Hey, look, we're making progress. Look at us. It's, you know, we're, we're doing it out there and it's, you know, all that is, it's just a feather in the cap. It doesn't, you know, I mean, it's not what the team is built off of again. You know I mean? We've said that a couple of times, you know, just talking about performance on track. It's not the number one thing. It is a thing, but it's not the number one thing for this year. You know, with our team, it's not the number one thing. We'll get to that point where it's, it's, uh, you know, equally as important as the content creation and the partner satisfaction. But for the time being, it's, it's, um, you know, I just, I want my guys to thrive and do well. And I want to give them a platform for them to be comfortable, you know, on the motorcycle, in the pit, you know, during the week and know that they have the support they need to do um, their jobs the best that they can. And, um, you know, next year, hopefully, uh, you know, we'll have a really good roster. Um, I have no idea what kind of, what kind of roster I'll have. It really depends on, you know, sponsorship dollars at the end of the day. I mean, it's, I'd love to, you know, just go out and buy somebody that can beat Michael Hicks because God damn it, the kid's good. And it's going to be tough. It's going to be really tough to beat the two-time champ. Um, I don't know. I don't know who's available that can do it. I mean, right now the, you know, the only dude that I have my eye on is Anthony Rodriguez, the, uh, the Venezuelan, Mm -hmm. um, you know, motocross, he's a Brazilian motocross champ. I know he's won in Venezuela a handful of times. I believe he has a Loretta's title to his name. Uh, once rode for star Yamaha, Anthony's kind of on the back end of his career. And like many people come back to arena cross and, uh, you know, extend their career. And I think that Anthony has the race craft. He definitely has, um, the speed he's got the, um, talent, you know, everything combined. I think we could have, we could put together a winning package for, you know, for Anthony to be, um, you know, satisfied and for, uh, for me to, you know, be able to, to afford it and it'd be a winning party for everybody. But the hard part again, you know, is, is figuring out, well, how much do you need? What do you need? And, and, and where my budget is and what my capability is, because the thing is, then we're talking about flying someone in right now, my riders are driving to the races. So it's, it, you know, the talent pool locally. Yeah. Maybe Kevin, you know, Kevin Moran's would be a great rider to have, but you know, I'm helping Kevin, um, as a, uh, you know, mentor, helping him transition towards being his own, you know, team principal and, and starting his own team, which I think, I think that, um, with the right, with the right mindset, Kevin could, I mean, he could do what I'm doing, you know, just as well, if not better, you know, cause he's on the, you know, he's just on the tip of the spear of his career. You know, he's barely even going. So it, it'll be interesting to see what he does. I'm, I hope that he can, uh, you know, start his own thing and not have to rely on, you know, the occasional call up from Rocky Mountain or, you know, whoever, and that he can thrive within his own realm. Um, but it's going to, yeah, it's going to be tough to find somebody that can beat Mike. And, and, and I want to, you know, I want to beat him badly. <laughs> I can't do it. Um, you know, Dylan, Dylan and Drake, they've got, they've got the talent. They've got speed, you know, um, pound for pound. Could they beat Mike? I don't know. It'd be tough. You know, they haven't done it yet. I'm not saying they can't, but, uh, you know, realistically, it's going to be a tall order, you know what I mean? And the wild thing is, is we're talking about a kid that's, um, you know, his claim to fame is uh, 16 to 24 college by college boy champion at Loretta's two years ago. And um, best whip winner at uh, um, Baja Brawl this year. So, you know, I mean, and, and Mike also rode uh, the uh, junior uh, motocross donations a couple of years ago, the mini, you know, the minute that he was on a 85, Yamaha 85, I believe with, um, oh God damn it. What's Eigenman, Colton Eigenman and, and somebody else, they went over there and did their thing. But I mean, the kid, I mean, you know, he's not a no name by any means. Um, 
he's been around the sport for a very long time. He's younger, but he's been racing for a very long time. Very talented individual. The kid just has arena cross under his thumb. I mean, he just understands how to ride these tight tracks and it's unbelievable, you know, how good he is. I mean, shit, Topeka, um, the only race that he lost was the one that uh, he got sent into the wall on the first corner from lock and bars with another rider. Otherwise he would have swept, you know, swept everybody. And that includes two time podium, uh, supercross podium rider, Kyle, um, Peters, um, Colin Park, Kyle Bitterman, Kevin Morans, Chase Marquier. Um, you know, the list goes on and on of, of these extremely talented guys that Michael just has, he's got them beat. And it's and and we're gonna have to figure out how do I build a team that uh, can afford and uh, you know provide a platform to have somebody that can do that because I want that I want that number one plate that <laughs> but I can't do it myself. Fair enough. Well, when you get there, we'll be there to do a podcast about it. I believe your third or maybe this is even your fourth time being a repeat offender here on the Big MX Radio podcast, Jeff Crutcher. Um, where can people follow along more for the full journey, uh, watch all those reels, give you those views and, uh, keep tabs on this team as it continues to progress, uh, year over year. Yeah, just, uh, you know, on, um, on Instagram, the best spot is, uh, RRCZ KTM. And, uh, you know, if you're a, if you're a Facebooker ripping ruts, cycles on KTM, um, you know, I have, you know, rip and ruts. You can follow me on there, but you know, I'm whatever I'm, I'm doing fine on that. Just check out, you know, follow the team. That's where the best, uh, the best race action is. And, and, uh, you know, obviously I'm on there. You can, you can find me there. And and then you can find all of our sponsors, partners. I'm not just going to go through a full plug here. We, you know, um, not saying that, uh, you know, it's not like I'm, I'm, I can't, I, I, I here's what I realized. I'm not going to sit here and list off a bunch of sponsors and, and think that like it makes a difference. <laughs> not saying that people are not listening to the show. It's just that that's what everybody does. Everybody thinks, Oh, well, this is my moment to, you know, list, list my sponsors. No, this is my moment to talk about me and my team. If you want to know who the sponsors are, come, you know, come find out. I'm not going to go on a whole, you know, Napoleon sized tirade about, um, about that. <laughs> That's one of the things, like, like I talk about how I want to change the paradigm of racing, you know, is, is, is like understanding the time and place of, of when to do that kind of thing. That's like, okay. Our boy, Lewis Hamilton, whenever he's on the podium at formula one, is he talking about Patronus? No. no. Is he bringing up, is he bringing up the bows? you know, speakers that are in his helmet. No. Is he talking about the Hewlett Packard computer board, you know, that's in his steering wheel? No. <laughs> so why is it that in motocross, we feel like I'm on TV. I have to talk about my DP brake pads. It's like, this is so stupid. It makes us seem so amateur and I hate it. Like that kind of stuff. It's like, no, this is an opportunity for the rider to talk about the experience they just had. Same thing on podcasts, dude, let's, let's get to know this guy in a way that we can't on, you know, uh, on, uh, on TV or, you know, through social media. And, and I think that, you know, these kind of podcasts, like, you know, big MX radio is such a great opportunity to become more accessible. The more accessible we are as a sport, as riders, the bigger it will, it will continue to grow. So you got to give yourself a pat on the back, Brad, because you are an instrumental key in giving a lot of unique individuals that may not necessarily be, you know, Adam Censorillo's or, you know, Tyler Bowers or, you know, household name riders, a platform. And, um, you know, you're doing the sport a great service by being, um, being a quarterback to, to, uh, you know, having that platform and giving those guys opportunity. And, you know, I'm forever thankful for it because, you know, I get to come on here and, and talk about me and, and my shit. And, and, uh, you're always such a gracious host also. And also shout out to the big MX listeners, you know, the faithful, both, uh, both, um, you know, uh, North American and worldwide, you know, I know that I can say on behalf of myself and Brad also that we greatly appreciate your attention. 
Hey, I, I do appreciate both those people listening. Uh, hey, I'll throw my shoulder out, uh, give myself a pat on the back for all that. But uh, honestly, um, just to like sort of build off of what you just said is that uh, I sort of like I, I see it as or like the podcast was sort of a way to um, when I started this almost eight years ago, I was the guy who was always running out of podcasts to listen to. So if I, I thought if I'm running out of podcasts, that means everybody else is running out of podcasts. I need to create some podcasts so that more people can have more eyeballs on this. Very, very much like, like one of the reasons why people love NASCAR and the reasons why they love uh, the the NFL is because if you want to submerge yourself in 365, 24/7 info, facts, and knowledge about the great sport of NFL football. You can totally do that because that amount of content exists. You can immerse yourself. And if you can give people yep. the same opportunity to, to do so with motocross, you achieve top of mind awareness, which is that awesome marketing term that people love to throw around. And that's what sells products. And that's what uh, keeps this, uh, this sport going. So if I can contribute to that in even a small way, then I can uh, I deserve those pats on the back. And, uh, and I get to have awesome conversations like this, Jeff, where uh, I usually end up learning more than the list. So it's all good to go. Hell yeah, dude. We're rowing the boat. Yes, sir. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, if For those who are listening, please go check out Jeff uh, with Rip and Ruts as well as the team on uh, on Instagram. You're a Facebook guy like my dad. Uh, you're probably not listening to this podcast, but uh, that's for another – that's a different <laughs> conversation altogether. Um, but uh, g- check him out on, on Facebook as well. Jeff, really appreciate the time. Yeah, no problem, man. It's uh, always a pleasure. Awesome. Um, Yeah, well, don't hang up just yet, but for podcast sake, we're going to cut it off right there. And there you have it, Big MX Radio Podcast, in the books, Jeff Crutcher, ripping ruts himself. Uh, Great podcast, great conversation. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, And if you did enjoy it, please reach out to me via uh, Instagram, bradgebhart88, or uh, Big MX Radio on Instagram. Let me know what you think, if you have any requests. Um, please hit me up. Glad to, to uh, fulfill those for you if I can. Um, this was a fantastic interview. Uh, I really enjoyed it and glad to be back in the saddle. Uh, tune in next week, Wednesday mornings, Big MX Radio Podcasts. Going to get a little bit more regular about this, a lot more regular about this. Thanks for listening.